you need to toss the rules toss the rules here this is not a rule this is not a follow the rules thing this is a go get the minimum thing that they need you to have not the most that they need you to have the reason is because they really only need you to have the minimum they do not need you to have the maximum in most cases and so you don't want to waste time and money getting the most when you could when you could get the minimum and do the job just as effectively or obtain the job just as effectively there are no rules no rules you're listening to Degree Free on the Degree Free Network, where we talk about how to teach yourself, get work, and make money. No degree needed. Here are your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Maruyama. Maruyama. Aloha, folks, and welcome back to Degree Free. We are your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Maruyama. On this podcast, we share fundamentals we've discovered and the mistakes we've made while self-educating, getting work, building businesses, and making money. We'll tell you how to make it happen. No degree needed. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. We are happy to have you here as always. And if you want more degree free, because why would you not? You are going to want to run over to degreefree.co forward slash newsletter and sign up for our weekly newsletter that has degree free news, all kinds of resources that Ryan and I think are cool, and just a bunch of a bunch of things that you really don't want to miss. So head on over and grab that newsletter. Awesome. And let's get into today's episode. Today, we are going to be talking about something that is super important. We've both used this technique or tactic to find skills that we need to learn in order to get work. And we've told this to many people and they've done the same. And so now we're going to share it with you. We call it finding a job backwards. And it's pretty simple once we break it down. And we're going to break that down today. Yeah, this seems like one of those things that really should be taught to people. And it surprises me when I speak about this, that most people have not been taught to look and read job listings this way, or to even search for jobs in this way. But to me, this is the lowest risk way someone can look for a job, or they can pick a skill or certification to get or to pay for. Yeah. And so I guess quickly, who this is for, it's really for anybody that's looking to get work that they don't currently have the skills for. So especially for people that are transitioning into a different industry, say from working in a restaurant to working customer service somewhere or data analytics somewhere, something like that, or sales. If there's some sort of skills gap and you want to figure it out, you could use this to figure out what skills you need to go and find. Okay. So the problem is that a lot of us, actually most, almost all of us are taught to buy degrees first and then try to find jobs that fit those degrees or are taking those degrees after. The problem with that is you guess and you gamble basically at first. You take a huge gamble that the degree that you're buying, one, you're still going to be interested in by the time you graduate, two, that there's going to be a job market for it, and three, that somebody in the job market actually needs you to have that degree in order to do the job that you got the degree for. So the problem with that is that it exposes you to a lot of risk time-wise and money-wise. We're taught to buy degrees, certifications, courses, and educational material, and then shrink our job search to whatever that qualifies us for. But instead, what we should be doing is we should be looking for jobs that we want. And then from there, we should be looking at the job descriptions and breaking down what the job says they want us to have. So that's finding a job backwards. You need to go to the source of the job listing instead of going to somebody who's selling something that supposedly will help you get the job. Right. And this is the essence of finding a job backwards. So simply 
to give you the answer at the beginning. You're going to go to the job descriptions of the jobs that you want. You're going to analyze them. And then you're going to go and get the skills that the job requires. Mm -hmm. Very intuitive, very simple. Surprisingly, not a lot of people do this. No, very few people do. And a lot of people, when when I explain this, are they've never heard, they, it's never been suggested to them to use this method before. So a lot of people would be shocked to find out that they can get hired without buying anything. Many people could have gotten a very similar career outcome without buying a degree at all or without buying any additional skills. Essentially, people shouldn't buy without looking into the jobs first. That is how you are going to make sure that you choose correctly, choose efficiently, and then how you're going to be able to make your case to a company that you're a good hire because you went and learned something specifically for them. Yeah, this is one of the things that we stress a lot about and it's minimizing your risk. So college is a good example of maximizing the risk, basically. <laughs> yeah. $30,000 a year on average or so, and then five and a half years, you're spending $100,000 with the hopes of getting a job at the end. And also with that, a lot of times you're really just fulfilling one line item on that job description, mm -hmm. right? The bachelor's degree preferred, but you don't have all the other skills. So you still have to go and get all the other skills. So it, with this method, you would go and get the other skills first and not spend $30,000 a year on a hope and a prayer, basically. Right. And you're starting at the end instead of at the beginning. So you you basically what you're doing is you're going to look for the job description to find what education you're going to buy or take the time to learn. And so I think this is maybe why people don't do it too. To do that, you have to actually research the end goal and you have to know the end goal. And I think that's a huge barrier for a lot of people is they just don't want to sit down and do the thinking and do the research about it. They'd rather just take a path that's in front of them, even though that path is going to cost them way more at the end of the day. So basically what this is, is we're going to tell you simply how to go about doing that research and doing that thinking so that you can pick what you're going to learn. Exactly. And one of the things I will say up front is that in order for this to be effective, you kind of need to know which jobs you're looking at and which jobs you want. If you don't know that, one of the things you could do is the vocational creativity exercises. We talk about that in another podcast. You can go in and look that up. And we also have a blog post on that. And everybody should read that because you just need, it's stuff you need to know. It's going to be helpful to you in the future. Right. And that'll help you kind of figure out what jobs are out there. And I should have mentioned this at the very beginning of the episode, but this is a little difficult to explain via podcast. So we have a blog post, a how-to blog post that we've written up for you. And it is on our website. And you can just go to degreefree.co slash podcast, find this episode, and then we'll link to it there. And there's actually examples of job descriptions too and illustrations of how you know, to show, to show how to do this. Right. It's a little difficult via audio or if you're watching vi video mm -hmm. without us like putting up graphics or examples. So the, we created the blog post so that you could have a guide. So like I said, if you kind of don't know what you want to do, this isn't really going to help. This might help a little bit because then you could see, okay, well, I'm thinking about doing sales or marketing, or I want to go into operations and you don't know. And so you could do this technique for all three of those things. And then you could look and see the skills and be like, all right, well, I don't know if I can learn 
sales in X amount of weeks. I don't know if I can learn marketing in whatever time, whatever time. And so you can kind of make your decision based on that. But basically you're going to need a compass or at least a heading to where you're going. If you completely have no idea what you're doing or no idea what you want to do, which is normal, go back and look at our vocational creativity. You can listen to that episode and then go and read the blog post that we have on that as well. Yeah, that's going to be super helpful to a lot of you. I'm, I am I am positive having, having read through that. If you have a goal. So this is another thing. If you want to, you can also search via goal. So if you don't know what industry you want to be in, or you don't know the specific job title that you want, because you really don't care and you have a different goal, that's fine. That actually makes this a little bit easier for you. So if your goal is to make 70K, you're going to Google jobs that pay 70K. If your goal is to work remotely, you're going to Google remote jobs because you're willing to take whatever as long as it's remote. If your goal is to have a four-day work week, you're going to Google four-day companies that have four-day work weeks and see what jobs come up and what jobs are open. And then you're going to go from there and see what skills. So you see how if you have a goal that's not uh, job title specific or industry specific, you can look, you can look in different ways. Perfect. And if we can just kind of go over some of the finer points of how to do this, that'd be great. Okay. So let's assume that you either found a job title by looking from a goal perspective, or you found a job title that you're looking for because you use vocational creativity and you're finding and, and you found a couple job titles that you want to look at. So what you're going to do now is you're going to search the job titles. So you're going to search marketing coordinator or solar jobs or oil and gas operator. All right. So now what you're going to do, you have these job titles, you're going to open an Excel sheet, or you're going to get a notebook and you're going to start writing these down if you're old fashioned like me. I'm, I'm a pen and paper person. So now you're going to read through the job descriptions. So in order to organize these effectively, you can either print them off. That's a little much. I think if especially if you have a lot of job, a lot of job titles and a lot of descriptions you're looking at. If it was me, I would just use the Google function and save them. There's a little bookmark button on Google that you can use to save them and then refer back to. And I would be looking at them like that. So then what you're going to do is you're going to read through all of these job descriptions. What I would do is I would read through them all once, and then I would go back to the ones that were most interesting to me. And you're going to look at the qualifications, requirements, or required skills section of these job descriptions. You're going to immediately disregard the college degree requirement and the years of experience required. The reason is because they're not real rules, they don't actually care, and you don't have to self-eliminate in order to get that job. What you need to do instead is apply if you want it. Um, if you self-eliminate, you're definitely never going to get the job. We talk about this at length, but if you don't apply at all, you're never going to get it. So if you're not going to, if you're if you're going to scare yourself off with the degree requirement, just rule that job out entirely. It's, it's not worth your time. So now what you're going to do is you're going to move on to practical requirements. And what I mean by practical requirements are things in the job description where it tells you to do a specific thing. They need you to use a specific tool. They need you to have a specific skill. Um, they need you to be able to complete a specific activity. And it's listed in the job description. So what you're going to do from here is you're going to take notes. So you're going to make two columns. Column one is going to be skills you have. So as you're reading through the job description, you are going to, as you come upon things that you can do or skills you already have, you're going to write them in column one. Then you're going to make column two. 
Column two is skills that you're coming across in the job description that you do not have. And you're going to keep a running list of these as you read through the job descriptions. Now, this is important. So once you've completed this and you've read through all of them and you've sorted the skills into one and two, column one and column two, you're going to look in column two and you are going to see which skills come up most often. So for example, one that's probably likely to come up pretty often is Excel. So let's say that you're looking at 10 job descriptions and eight out of 10 of them say that they want you to master, you know, be a master of Excel. You're going to note that eight of these jobs want a master of Excel. It's probably worth going and taking an Excel course in order to know that you're able to complete a lot of tasks that somebody would give you on Excel so that you now have basically open the door for yourself for eight of these jobs. That's a really good one. You know, phone sales, let's say, let's say six out of 10 of these jobs say they want you to have phone sales skills. Okay. Well, now you know that you need to practice that, right? If you have experience working at a call center or something like that, that would go in column one, just as an example. Okay. So now let's say you're still looking at the same 10. You have Excel, you have phone skills, and let's say this is a tech job. So they want you to have uh, a data analyst certification from Google. That is a certification that costs $39 a month and you can go on Grow with Google and you can actually get the certification. So let's say four of these jobs look attractive to you and you go, okay, I can learn Excel, I can brush up on phone skills, and I can go get the Grow with Google data analyst certification. And that narrows it down. And you've now gotten a core set of skills that allows you to apply for four, at least four of these jobs, but probably the other ones as well, especially if they're in the same job family. So they're kind of, basically they're kind of similar. And that is the core of how you're gonna do this process. So you're going from, from end to beginning. So you're going to the job description, you're finding out what they want, and then you're backtracking to figure out what skills you're gonna learn. All right, so if you're looking at the job description and you realize that a lot of the skills or, or certifications required are going to cost time or money, what you wanna do is you wanna list them out, and this is a separate, you can use a separate sheet of Excel or you can use your notebook and just make another, make another column and put time and cost. Now, the way you're gonna estimate time is you're gonna go onto the official course or certification site and you're going to see what they estimate the amount of time it's going to take you to finish. And so you're going to write that down and then you're going to cross check that exact course. So let's say you want to be a Salesforce administrator, the Salesforce admin course, I think it says six months. And then you're going to go on Reddit or Quora and you're going to plug in Salesforce administrator course time to complete. And you're going to see what other people say about how long it took them. Now you can take, you want the official estimate, right? But six months is a really long time. If you are really focused and you are trying to study and get the thing, I completed mine in 31 days. And I think a lot of people have the capacity to do it at that speed or even faster. And so you want to check it against crowdsource information. Now, you know, Reddit and Quora are just random strangers on the internet saying whatever, you know, telling their stories. So take it with a grain of salt, but measure somewhere in between whatever you know, whatever Salesforce says, whatever Google says, whatever Oracle says about their course length. And and it's somewhere in between the fastest people on Reddit and 
the official estimate is probably how long it's going to take people. You also, obviously, you're going to take the cost of the course from the official course site and you're going to put these things in order. So if 10 out of 10 of your job listings require one of those certifications, that one's probably top priority. If one out of 10 requires one certification and that certification happens to be the most expensive one that's going to take you the most time. It really depends on your goals, right? If that's the job you want, if that specific job title is different and that's the one you want and there's only one cert that you have to get in order to do it, that's probably the one you want to get. But if the jobs are similar and you're looking at these certification courses and you find one that's kind of mid-tier, mid-expense basically, so as opposed to you have your your one of 10 that costs $600. And then you have another course that is seven out of 10 of the jobs and it costs $150. Well, you should probably do the $150 course first, especially if you think you can complete it the fastest because that's the minimum effective dose you need in order to apply for these jobs. Um, so as you're looking at the job titles, that's going to be largely individual. You're going to have to assess yourself, right? We can't tell you how long it's going to take you to complete something. You have to look and see what level of difficulty based on your own skill set and and based on your own your own talents, your own interests, how long you think it's going to take you in order to do that. But my recommendation would be in order to reduce the financial risk, pick the lowest cost ones first because as you increase your income, you you know as you get those jobs and you increase your income, you can put more money towards educational spend if you want because you've proven to yourself that it's safe for you to do that. Um, so a good a good example, and I, I write this in the blog post, my timeline was Salesforce admin course and that took me 31 days and it cost me $362. The next, the next certification took me less time, took me three weeks, but it cost quite a bit more, almost twice as much. And that was $650. And then finally, the most expensive course I've ever taken was a cryptocurrency blockchain course. And that took two and a half weeks and it cost $1,250. And so you can see that as, and this was over a span of almost a year or more. So you can see how slowly the educational spend went up, but at first it was as little as possible. So 600, um, you know, $650 big jump from 300 and then 1250 is a big jump from six from 650. Effectively each time my risk tolerance for educational material doubled, but it's because I started low and that that protected me from um, wasting time and money. You went on a roll there and I didn't want to stop you. It was like (laughs) a freight train. Um, Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Great. Do you feel like you could find a job backwards? I feel like I could find a job backwards. I also feel like I would need to go back and listen to this again, which you all could do because this is a podcast. So if you need to go back and listen to this again, please do. And then once again, we have all this written out on our blog, degreefree.co slash podcast, and then find this episode and then we'll link to it there. But yes, a couple of things there. You said job family, and I kind of wanted to just clarify that for people. So job families are going to be industries basically, right? I mean, well, not necessarily industries, but jobs that are related also within industries. Marketing coordinators, marketing managers, uh, content marketing managers, social media marketing managers, family. Same same job family. Yeah. And one of the things that I wanted to stress about this, and you kind of touched on it with the lengthening of the educational spend, is if you have this long laundry list of 
tasks or skills rather that you would want to acquire, you don't have to tick every single one of them off. No. You want to start with the highest impact, lowest cost maybe, or lowest time maybe. It just depends on you and your situation. But after you get that first one, then go ahead and apply to jobs once you get it. Go ahead, because that might be all you need in order to get a job or the job. Yes. You might not have everything else, but if you have that one and then you apply to the job and then you interview and then you get it, well, then that's all you needed. And then you can go and go and tackle the rest later. That's that's a really good point that you make. And it's especially important for people who are uh, college graduates or more rule followers that you don't have to, you need, you need to toss the rules, toss the rules here. This is not a rule. This is not a follow the rules thing. This is a go get the minimum thing that they need you to have, not the most that they need you to have. The reason is because they really only need you to have the minimum. They do not need you to have the maximum in most cases. And so you don't want to waste time and money getting the most when you could, when you could get the minimum and do the job just as effectively or obtain the job just as effectively. Um, so that was a really good, that was a really good point that you made. That's exactly what I was going to say as a rule follower myself. That's exactly what I would do. I would create this laundry list of things. And then I would rank them all be like, okay, I have 10 different things. And we're like, all right, now I'm going to go and finish all 10 before I go and apply to jobs. And you wouldn't apply to any. And I wouldn't apply to any during the entire time that I'm learning these 10 skills. And who knows, those 10 skills could take a month, but they could also take like a year and a half Mm -hmm. to finish. And it's definitely not what we want to be doing. Yeah. We have to remember that the goal here is to get a job. The goal isn't to get all these certs and obtain all these skills. While that is nice and while you will be able to use those skills and market them later, that's literally what we're trying to do now. And we just have to keep our eye on the prize. Mm -hmm. And you have to make sure that you're not, yeah, you're not hanging yourself up on, on getting every, every last thing that that's, that's a huge, that's a huge point that you made off of what you're saying as well. Uh, while you are learning a certification, especially if it's a more complex certification, while you are still learning it, you can apply to jobs and you can tell them that you are in process of obtaining whatever the thing is. If you're trying to, if you, if you are going to get a network, uh, network security certification or comp TIA plus certification or something like that, then go ahead and tell them that that's what you're doing and you're in progress getting it. And that can sometimes get you a job too. Yeah, definitely. And it could be contingent upon you passing that thing. Yeah. Kind of similar to like a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Plenty of lawyers get jobs at law firms contingent upon them passing the bar. Yeah, that's true. So they graduate from law school and then you get hired at this firm contingent upon you passing the bar. And then if you don't pass the bar, you don't get the job. Yeah, same concept. And the last point that I want to make before we wrap up is that when you are applying for these jobs, whether you're applying while you're in process for learning these things or after you've completed them, you need to structure your resume in order to show the hiring manager or recruiter that you learned exactly what was listed in the job description. Um, So you're going to want to put that at the top of your resume. And I do 
do uh, I know a lot of this is a controversial take apparently these days but write the cover letter I don't, I don't know why people have such a rub against cover letters I know they're irritating but at the same time uh, if four sentences can get you a job why would you not write those four sentences just tell them what you did and why you did it and why you're excited to work for their company so much so that you went and did this thing specifically for them um that's probably the most interesting thing they will have heard the entire week yeah definitely I think our take on the whole job application process and the job search process is do more, not less. Mm -hmm. And I suppose that's all in the spirit of standing out and getting the job. Right. And maybe cover letters don't work. Remember, maybe yeah. resumes don't work either. I'm not sure. Very possible. Right. But... It's definitely not going to work if you don't send it in. No. And that's kind of our philosophy. And we've talked about it before. All you have to do is make different versions for the different job families that you're applying to. And you just save it in your Google Drive or your OneDrive or whatever. And then you can just go and you edit it to say, to insert X company and X role. And then maybe move a couple of sentences around. Mm -hmm. And then you're done. Like it's not, it's not that hard people. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, maybe the initial cover letter is going to take an hour, maybe two. Uh, they're tough. Yeah. I hate writing them. No, they're obnoxious. Right. <laughs> and so, but once you get that down, it's down and now you can go ahead and morph it to fit whichever role that you're applying to in the future. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I wanted to say is you will be applying to a lot of jobs. And if you haven't already go back and listen to our episode with Drake Porter, a uh, product manager for Meta. Everyone should listen to that. He talks episode. about volume applying, and we did an episode and a blog post, and you can find that all at degreefree.co about the exact process that he did in order to get his job at Meta that pays four hundred thousand plus a year in total compensation. Yeah, that was a wild podcast interview, guys. You should listen to it. Absolutely, go back and listen to that. But you're gonna need to apply in volume once you've got your skills and everything. So definitely go back. So just kind of recap, if you don't know what you want to do at all, and you don't even have like a heading of where you're, of where you're going, go and listen to our episode on vocational creativity. You can listen to the episode. And then once again, go to our website, degreefree.co and look for our blog post on vocational creativity. And that can give you some job ideas. Now, once you have the job ideas or you kind of already know what you want to do, you can kind of skip that if you want. And you can just go to directly to this, which is how to find a job backwards. And that's basically using job descriptions of the jobs that you want in order to create a laundry list of things to get done and skills to learn in order to apply. And then once you start applying to the jobs, you can go and listen to our episode on volume applying and our interview that we did with Drake Porter. Once again, that's all on your podcast feed. And then at degreefree.co, we have all those resources for everybody. And with all of that combined, those three steps, I mean... It'll get you work. That will get you work. We're very confident. We, yes. we put a lot of work into outlining this stuff because we believe that it works. And we know, we know that it works uh, more accurately. And we just really want you folks to find work. And I, we, we both, Ryan and I both know how hard it is when you feel like you're just throwing, throwing things at the wall and nothing sticks, but there's small tweaks that you can make like this 
that can make all of the difference. And we just wish you the best of luck. And we hope that you get the job that you're trying to get. Yeah, definitely. And lastly, um, why would you not want more of Degree Free? So if you do, then please run on over, don't walk to the website, which is degreefree.co forward slash newsletter to sign up and get our free weekly newsletter delivered right to your inbox. Yeah. And if you guys wanted to support our podcast, the best way that you could do that is by leaving an honors review wherever it is that you get your podcasts, three, four, five, six, seven stars, whatever it is, that would be great. It's the best way to get our name out there. The second best way you can do is this was helpful to you and you know somebody else that this would be helpful to as well. Share it. Please share it with them, right? Use that little share button, share this episode with them. That would be great. But that's pretty much it. Until next time, guys. Aloha.